This is your Geeksplained Extra review for Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. This is your host, Eric Azana. Thank you very much. And um, let's talk about this film. I, uh, I gotta say, I really freaking enjoyed it. <laughs> um... This is, of course, the uh, film debut for quite a few different uh, DC characters, namely Black Canary, uh, we're talking Renee Montoya, Huntress, Black Mask, Cassandra Kane, plenty of people. Really the only um, carryover for the Birds of Prey uh, from previous DC films is Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. And I gotta say, she really pulled it all together for me. Um, we're gonna talk a little bit just uh, basic uh, thoughts real quick, spoiler-free, and I'll do a quick like uh, spoiler warning once we get to the point that I'm gonna start talking about spoilers. But um, yeah, I just, I wanna talk about this because I had a super fun time. Uh, no, like, no spoilers in this first part. I will, like I said, let you know when we get to the spoiler-filled uh, section of the review. But, man, just the film itself is so fun, so unique. I had a blast watching it. It was really a, uh, just a really fun experience. And I keep going back to it, but it's like... There was like uh, there was one review I saw. I think it might have been IGN or somewhere where it was like it described the film as excessively fun, and I think that's a perfect description of it. Uh, the film does not wait for you. The film uh, goes at ninety miles an hour, but it manages while doing so to pack in character moments fun action great callbacks easter eggs it's really it's one of the most fun times i've had at the movies in a very long time and the fact that it's a dc movie i think is fantastic uh right now dc is kind of killing it we'll talk about it a little bit later as well but um DC is really starting to turn, really starting to kind of right the ship after the colossal failure that was uh, Justice League. Prior to this, we had Aquaman, which I was not really a fan of. I know a lot of people really enjoyed it, made a ton of money, um, but I I just couldn't connect with it. I didn't really enjoy it. I loved Shazam. I was just head over heels for Shazam, and then. I thought Joker was a strong film. There's a lot of um, things to be said that have already been said by people who can uh, articulate much better than I can about Joker. But overall, um, this is probably the most fun I've had with a DC film since Shazam. And I really, really dug Shazam. So um, yeah, overall, I think you should go see it if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, the characters really do justice to the source material. There are definitely changes, and I'm going to get into things that I disliked about the film. But I think the positives far outweigh the negatives when it comes to Birds of Prey. And I am pretty excited to just talk about spoilers. So... Uh, this is going to be your spoiler warning if you have not seen the film yet. Uh, go ahead and pause this, go watch the film, come back, and we will discuss. So, spoilers, I'm going to count it down in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, spoiler time. So, 
Um, I'm going to talk about both the good and the bad. I'm going to start off listing off the good stuff. We'll get into the bad stuff, and then I'll kind of do a, uh, a overall verdict for the film. Um, I really, really, really have to first off give props to Margot Robbie and Harley Quinn. Uh, in the same way that actors have actors like Hugh Jackman with Wolverine, actors like um, Robert Downey Jr. with Tony Stark, Margot Robbie really has taken Harley Quinn and made it her own. It's not exactly the version from the comics. It's not exactly the version from the cartoons. It's not exactly the version from the video games. It is really genuinely Margot Robbie's character, and I like it. She's done a fantastic job with the character she was one of the best parts of suicide squad and thank god they carried over the stuff that she did right in that film and kind of tweaked the stuff that they needed to to make her a more appealing character overall uh it's really easy i think nowadays to basically just look at harley quinn and be like oh you know she's the dc's female deadpool and kind of just stick her in that um in that spot and that has been done in recent comic runs uh but really what they did here and i think they do the same thing with the current harley quinn cartoon which i, I get i can't sing the praises of enough um they really took all the source material and the inspiration and the spirit of the character and really applied it in a new and fresh and exciting way. Uh, Margot Robbie also served as uh, executive producer for this film. She was, she had her hand in pretty much every single aspect of this film, from casting to costume design. She really put her stamp on it. And even though I was very worried about it during the... Um, process during the production process i think it worked out it honestly really really did uh harley quinn is a joy to watch uh she this really is harley quinn's story and if you like that if you like this version of harley quinn you're gonna love this um and it really serves to push her kind of out of the shadow of joker which i think is a just an underlying uh challenge for the character that this film really does a great job of uh, accomplishing uh there's a whole journey for her she gets little bits of comedy she gets bits of action her fighting is fantastic it's exactly how you would picture someone with the kind of acrobatic skill that harley quinn has mixed with a little bit of john wick when it comes to the brutality of it uh my partner when we uh, went and watched this film. Uh, she was she was not aware that the film that was uh, rated R, and so she was completely caught off guard by the violence. And we'll talk about it in a little bit. But overall, Harley Quinn was so 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 good, and the love and the passion behind that character really shows in every scene that she's in. Another character that I have to spotlight is Journey Smollett Bell as Black Canary. Um, We've seen various versions of Black Canary in the realm of TV, uh, most notably in the Arrow series, where we've had um, technically at this point three different versions of Black Canary. First the Sarah Lance Black Canary, the Earth 1 Laurel, and then the Earth 2 Laurel. Um, I can pretty confidently say that this version is the truest to the spirit of that original Dinah Lance. Uh, it's no secret that uh, Journey Smollett-Bell has really um, done her homework and has made a uh, 
a point to let people know that she is passionate about the character, that she has done her research, that she's a fan of the comics, and it shows in this character. Uh, it's not exactly, you know, one-to-one -one comparison with the uh, Black Canary from the comics, but I don't think it needs to be because this version of the character is such, does such a good job on updating and modernizing um, to the point that the character feels familiar but also fresh and new. Uh, her version of the character is very street smart, which I've always liked about Black Canary. Uh, her fight choreography is great. She's very grounded. She's very she's also very brutal, but her um, choreography is more grounded than Harley Quinn's, which is much more gymnastics based. So really dug that. I also liked how they kind of uh, used her Canary Cry very sparingly. She only uses it once. You can make the argument, I suppose, there's a moment where she uses it where she could use it during uh her singing in black masks club but that's neither here nor there the real application of the effect is uh near the climax of the film and it's mwah, chef's kiss it's so so good the sound the delivery of it the fact that it completely wore her out afterwards makes the um the lack of its regular use in the film work uh, you get the feeling that if she trained it up more, if she uh, committed some time to it, she could use it more often. But because she was less experienced, she was someone who was kind of running away from the fact that she was a metahuman, which they touch on in the film, um, that sh it's kind of like a single use, then it completely wipes her out. I also really dug that they mentioned her mom being a crime fighter, because for those of you who aren't aware, uh, Dinah Lance in the comics, after all the reboots and crises, basically the Earth 2 Black Canary kind of represents um, the first generation of Black Canary, and Dinah is her daughter, depending again on the continuity. But I really liked that. I liked that they made her. Uh, not want to follow in her mother's footsteps because it's implied that she was killed while fighting crime. And I just, I really, really like the direction that they took for her. I would be so down to see her again in anything, especially if they decide to go to the route of uh, making a Green Arrow and Black Canary spinoff. I would absolutely be down for that. Uh, also, Huntress, the, uh, the missing link of our trio of uh, Birds of Prey, so freaking good. Mary Elizabeth Winstead has been on my radar for a very long time. I remember growing up and watching her in uh, in Sky High on the Disney Channel and being super, super in love with her. And as I've grown and as she's grown, her talent has just improved. And she has gotten better and better and better every single piece that I see her in. She is the uh, female lead in one of my favorite films of all time, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, and I really loved her work in films since then, including Cloverfield, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, which I thought she was fantastic in. And really here she gets to kind of stretch her comedic sensibilities. Uh, she's very good at playing dramatic characters, as we've seen. But I was, I was so... Um, I was so surprised and yet um, 
satisfied with her deadpan humor that she kind of had a beat on in Scott Pilgrim. Uh, she's very focused here. You get the full backstory on her that she was part of the Bertinelli crime family. Uh, her entire family was killed. She trained for years in a very Batman-esque way and comes back and starts killing people um, that were connected to the murder of her family. And I dug that they kept calling her the crossbow killer and that she hates that name that she gave herself the name huntress and that she i I love that they um they humanized her by making her uh just throwing in that scene they didn't have to but they threw in that scene of her like rehearsing her don't you know who i am in the mirror and how she's just like no that's not right uh, because Huntress is a very tricky character in the comics. Um, and even in animation we've seen in Justice League Unlimited, uh, she's a very tricky character to nail down because she doesn't oftentimes get enough room to really show off a whole lot of character. And so bringing that kind of blank slate of this focused, revenge-driven uh, revenge vigilante and slapping on a little bit of... Uh, humanization to that character worked and it made that character all the more um, engaging to watch again I would love to see her get more uh, more screen time in another property I also really liked that at the end when they ha finally had the uh, birds of prey established that she had her mask and her uh, her cross motif even if it was more of a uh, track jacket and less of an actual costume really liked that I also liked the use of her uh, of her crossbow. The fact that she had she was basically the badass of the group. All all of them are badasses in their own way, but she was really kind of the heavy, who was just a precision shooter, who was no nonsense. And I liked that. I liked that it balanced out the dynamic between the other birds of prey in this film i thought it was very well done and again i would love to see her come back another character that i'm sad won't be coming back is black mask ewan mcgregor ewan mcgregor ewan mcgregor does a fantastic job as roman sionis roman sionis if you listen to our episode um last week where we did the uh, Chronicle episode, uh, is a very, kind of like Hunches, is kind of a tricky character to lay down because he doesn't get a lot of time in the stories that he is, uh, that he shows up in. He doesn't get a whole lot of time beyond, hey, A, he's a mob boss, B, he's a weirdo, and C, he's got anger issues. That's kind of the character boiled down into his essentials here they make him a little bit more eccentric there was a rumor that initially when they were casting this role they wanted sam rockwell and i could absolutely see that influencing this character because ewan mcgregor does his best sam rockwell in this version but without turning him into a caricature i loved the fact that he was both entertaining and charismatic while also being freaking insane like there were more than one occasion where i was physically uncomfortable watching what he was doing because you don't know what he's going to do the unpredictability in that character that i think probably intentionally mirrored the joker's um unpredictability was really cool to watch and the fact that he was able to bounce off of that with zaz 
who's also done really well, even if it was, wasn't was a one-to-one comparison to the comics, I thought their relationship and their implied relationship was really interesting. Uh, the fact that Zaz would literally do anything for Roman and that Roman didn't really seem to reciprocate all the time, just when it was convenient for him, I thought was really compelling. Uh, also, just his humor, his charisma, his uh, deadliness. When he puts on the actual black mask, it was just, it was everything that I would want from that character. This is a total and complete reinvention of the character without throwing away anything from past incarnations. And I think they did it really, really well here. He serves as a fantastic villain, a perfect villain for the film that he's in. And is probably one of the best DC villains that we've had in a very long time. So again, really, really enjoy him. He is pitch perfect. Another thing that I loved, action and cinematography. Uh, The action, even though some would probably say that there's not enough fights, the fights that we do get, the action scenes that we do get, are spectacular. Uh, It was noted that they brought in uh, one of the directors for one of the uh, fight directors for the original John Wick in this and it shows because the fight scenes are kinetic they're exciting they're brutal and they are just a joy to watch you never get bored out of them because there's always something happening the police raid is really really well done though I was more into the funhouse fight at the end uh just the just the invention that the funhouse fight had i thought was really cool uh this was a great showcase for every single bird of prey in the group i thought that huntress's fights against like the ninja-esque members of black masks gang on the um the little bouncy beams that she was jumping off of was really well done i liked the little moment where uh harley quinn offered black canary a hair tie because her hair was getting in the way of the fight um just all of the fact that she did most of the fight in roller skates harley quinn did i thought was really really well done and again you don't get bored during any of those action sequences i thought it was really well done the cinematography is also fantastic the shot composition is great the color palette oh my god the color palette the colors pop even in it was really the um the foot chase between Harley Quinn and Renee Montoya that I noticed the color palette because they're running at one point through this like um this like market area and just the colors that are popping all around them along with their costumes really really worked well uh the cinematography really helps that it really makes all of the fight scenes feel visceral and also you know provides some really great uh practical jokes when it comes to uh, physical comedy. I'm a huge fan of physical comedy, and there's plenty in this. There's a moment after Harley Quinn has been paralyzed by Zaz, where Zaz, I think he gets shot at this point. He's shot, he you know falls next to Harley Quinn, and Harley Quinn is still mostly paralyzed from the neck down, and she just like is hitting him as hard as she can, which is not at all because she's still like coming off the paralysis. It's hilarious. It really, really is. They do a great job at framing 
everything so that you don't miss any of the important stuff that happens in this film. Really, really well done, and you have to give it up to uh, Kathy Yan as a director. Really excited for Kathy Yan. First uh, woman of color to direct a superhero film. Super freaking excited about that. Uh, Kathy Ann was kind of an unproven commodity, and I think that after this, she's gonna be she's gonna be getting some calls. Uh, really excited also for the just the representation. I know representation is a dirty word to some people, and that you know, oh, people are forcing this agenda. But I love the fact that the um, that the film was directed by an Asian woman. I love the fact that there is, if you just look at the Birds of Prey, it is a dynamic and diverse cast that represents all across the board. I think it's really, really cool. Um, but for me, like one of the big things, one of the big takeaways for me was the soundtrack. I absolutely loved the soundtrack. I posted immediately after getting out of um, getting out of the film. I tweeted out the soundtrack slaps, and it absolutely freaking does. I bought it. I have been listening to it all day since I've been watching it, or since I watched the film, and I absolutely adore it. It's a fantastic soundtrack that, unlike Suicide Squad, which also had a great soundtrack, um, it is there to enhance the story, and it's not leading the narrative, like I think the music in Suicide Squad did. So those are the goods. Now, unfortunately, we do have to talk about the negatives. And even though I did have a fantastic time with this film, there were some negatives. Uh, I have to, I have to take away points for Cassandra Kane. I just, as a comic purist, it really bothers me when they take a completely original character and give her or him the name of a character that is nothing like them. The Cassandra Kane in this film is in no way, shape, or form anything like Cassandra Kane in any iteration before her. It, she just isn't. They would have been better served naming her something else if they wanted to make her a specific character. They, I'm sure they could find another character who is similar enough to that. But for me, Cassandra Kane is one of, I think, the best Gotham uh, characters that has ever roamed the streets of Gotham City. And the disservice to that character in really in service to just getting some kind of uh, pop from longtime comic book fans, I don't think worked. Um, I also, I wasn't, I don't know, I maybe it's just me, and I'm starting to get older, but I just didn't really care about Cassandra as a character. Um, she was kind of, she was a brat, and it just, it bothered me that I didn't care about her because I know that the film wanted me to. So I just, I wasn't a fan of that, and I wasn't a fan of her, unfortunately. It had nothing to do with her uh, her acting. I thought her portrayal of the character was great, but it's just the spirit of the character itself didn't really resonate with me. Um, in that same vein, the film, for a good chunk of it, I would say, uh, has a very non-linear plot, where every time a new character uh, is introduced, they kind of backtrack 
and say this there this is where this character was during the scenes we've already been through and i i think there's a right way to do that and a wrong way to do that in certain aspects i think they did it well but in certain cases like when harley begins the police raid they all of a sudden go oh wait wait a second i gotta explain this hold up and they spend like five to ten minutes like bringing you up to speed and introducing two more characters and i'm just like i don't want to i don't care about this stuff like go back to the police raid like i i wasn't a fan of it um i think the argument can be made that it is in service to the character of harley quinn really telling her story and in that the way that she is telling the story would not be linear so that makes sense um but i really think they could have uh, polished that up a bit just for me uh i also i didn't really care about renee montoya uh renee montoya is a character with a very rich history and uh she was played well here I thought she really, um, for the Renee Montoya's that we've seen in the past, I think this really speaks to the heart of that character. And it's probably as close to a portrayal that we will or we have gotten when it comes to adapting that character. But she just seemed really out of place when it came to, especially in that funhouse uh fight at the very end the act three i just i didn't really feel like she belonged there and most of the most of that is uh most of that scene is kind of focusing on the other birds of prey and the biggest thing that she does is she gets shot and i don't know i just i didn't click with that character and so if we do get a sequel to this with like a birds of prey 2 i don't think she necessarily needs to move on it's nothing against the actress again she did a great job playing that character but the use of that character i don't think was really um didn't really stick the landing for me and then i have to kind of talk about the thing that i really have been talking about since the first trailer dropped really i mean technically since the uh the title was announced this really is not as much of a Birds of Prey film as much as it is a Harley Quinn film. Uh, the Birds of Prey kind of become supporting characters in a Harley Quinn story. That's why, and I just saw it when I was getting ready to record on YouTube, they put up, you know, Harley Quinn in the Birds of Prey. And it's like, uh, yeah, why would you name it the Birds of Prey if they were going to be for, I mean for lack of a better term, supporting players. Um, as much as I loved the portrayals of those characters, Huntress and Black Canary especially, uh, this really was a Harley Quinn story, and I think calling it Birds of Prey was a little uh, misleading because that kind of implies it's going to be more of a team film than it really is. I think there's a balance that can be made when you're introducing all of these characters and trying to make them fit into a story that, I mean, you don't have, you know, three hours like an Avengers Endgame does to uh, put it all together. But to that argument, I say, look at Guardians of the Galaxy. They introduced all these characters and made each of them feel like they mattered and really gave them weight. Uh, I don't think with as much as I loved, like I said, Black Canary and Huntress here, I don't think that they carried the same weight as Harley. And it almost, 
it made sense to me that she kind of ran off without them. And I would be down for a Birds of Prey sequel that doesn't feature Harley. I think the characterization and the performances uh, from Black Canary and Huntress really were strong enough that they could hold their own. Uh, someone has been, you know, some people have been floating around the idea of them getting like their own HBO Max series. And I would be super down for that, you know, in the same vein as like uh, Disney Plus is doing with like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They could have Birds of Prey and it be focused on uh, Huntress and Black Canary and just have them kind of stopping crime in Gotham City. I think that would be a really cool avenue to take and to put more focus on them and give them more time to develop their characters. Because as much as we did get with them, getting their backstory, uh, having them involved in the main story, we didn't really get a whole lot of development. So I would have liked more of that. But that's pretty much it, honestly, uh, for, you know, kind of final verdict. I really, I think DC started to turn it around. Um, we were all, myself included, bagging hard on DC after Justice League, the absolute dumpster fire that that whole situation was. Um, but in, in the years since, they really have been turning it around. For me, it really was uh, Shazam that started that. But... As the years have gone in the last, you know, two, three years, they've really started to turn it around. And I'm excited for Wonder Woman 84. I'm excited for the Batman. And I, as a DC fan, I'm super stoked to be able to say that. Because I have not always been able to say that. When, you know, they were prepping for Justice League, I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm excited for this. But now, like, after watching these recent films, I am more than excited to see what DC is doing now that it seems like they're giving um, almost, I won't say free reign, but they're giving really the reins over to the directors to the directors and the writers to accomplish a vision outside of the... Um, corporate studio driven superhero stories that we're used to seeing the passion in this film the passion that was put into making this film is on display you can tell everyone who's making this film is having an amazing time uh you can tell that they put their heart and their soul into this and it shows it really does um i'm also excited for the prospect of a sequel to this if they decide to go the Gotham City Sirens route with Poison Ivy and Catwoman, we already have a Catwoman, Zoe Kravitz, who's going to be in uh, the Batman. So if they wanted to make like a, a Gotham City Sirens film featuring Harley, Ivy, and Catwoman, and then have like a, you know, a part three where it pits the two teams against each other, I'd be super down for that. Um, overall, this was, you know, the first film... I can think of just off the top of my head in a little while now that I immediately coming out of the theater was like, I could go watch that again. Um, and that's not to say that f other films that I've watched recently are bad. Specific films like um, like Joker, for example. I walked out of there kind of thinking to myself, I don't ever need to see this again. I'm glad that I saw it, but I don't ever need to see it again. And this film, I... 
am absolutely game to watch again. And I probably will watch again because it's such a fun time with people who are passionate about what they're doing. And it shows like you have you get to have such a fun time in this, you know, under two hours. I have to stress that under two hours story that some of the negatives in the story kind of, you know, they don't matter as much as you having a good time with characters that you either know and love or are being introduced to and will fall in love with. So with all that said, if I had to give it a arbitrary Geeksplained rating out of five, I would give it four out of five hyenas. That is what I'm going to give it. Um, like I said, it's not a perfect movie. It's not reinventing the wheel. Is this The Dark Knight? No. Is this um, Avengers Endgame? No. But it isn't trying to be, and I love that. It's trying to be its own thing. It's really trying to tell its own story and put, you know, really um, to put its stamp on the superhero uh, comic book film landscape and I think it does it really really well so uh, that does it for this spoiler filled review thank you very much for listening um, I would love to have the conversation with you on what you thought of the film if you've seen it yet uh, what was your favorite part what was your favorite character feel free to tell me all of that uh, at Geeksplained Pod. That's at Geeksplained P O D on both Twitter and Instagram, as well as through email, because I'm an old man. I still read emails to Geeksplained at gmail.com. Uh, look forward to uh, Wednesday next week, where we will uh, continue with episode number 95, which is going to be our latest Geeksplained Spotlight, as well as teasing. Or probably knowing me uh, outright announcing what our 100th episode is going to be because we are on the march to 100 and I could not be more excited about it. Uh, and I couldn't be more excited about the direction that DC and Warner Brothers is going with these films. So uh, stay tuned for our uh, next episode this coming week. But for now, for Geeksplain, this is Eric Azana. Thank you very much for listening and we will... See you next time. This is a man's world. This is a man's world. But it would be nothing.
Happy.